And by 1895, Frederick Aberline had left the Metropolitan Police Force and was working as a private inquiry agent. He did not have a wife called Ermintrude. Her real name was Emma, nay Beamont, and we have no idea of the nature of their relationship. The fact that the marriage lasted 53 years and only ended with his death, however, is probably evidence enough that it was nothing like the breakfast scenario you have just read. I embarked on a fiction series in 1985 featuring Inspector Lestrade, the best of a bad bunch of Scotland Yard detectives made to take second place behind Sherlock Holmes by their creator, Arthur Conan Doyle. I was annoyed by the extraordinary arrogance of Holmes and the crawling sycophancy of the Yardmen, as Doyle wrote it, and decided to turn the tables and have Lestrade as the dogged, crime-solving hero and Holmes as a neurotic, drug-addicted amateur. I also decided to mix actual historical characters with fictional, and so a whole range of real policemen appear in the sixteen adventures of Lestrade that I wrote. Aveline was one of them. He was just a name to me then, featuring in the half a dozen books on the Ripper murders that I had then read. I knew he came from Dorset, so I dropped in a few references to that. I knew what he looked like from the profile drawing in the papers at the time of the Tower of London bombing in 1885, so I could refer to his huge side-whiskers, known as Dundrearies or Piccadilly Weepers. Everything else had to be invented because I knew nothing else about the man. As in every other institution, Scotland Yard was riven by internal politics. In 1888, most obviously between the Commissioner, Sir Charles Warren, and his number two in charge of the CID, James Monroe. So I made Abilene an opponent of Lestrade, belittling him at every turn and actively obstructing his inquiries from time to time. Just to underline the fact that Abilene was a thoroughgoing rotter, I made him a womanizer, playing away from home with a mistress in Penge. The whole of the yard knew about this, and Ermintrude suspected it. So Frederick Aberline was a man who continually looked over his shoulder. The centenary of the Whitechapel murders was in 1988, and there was a furry of books on both sides of the Atlantic to mark the fact. There was also a made-for-television movie, and its central character was Inspector Frederick Aberline, played by Michael Caine. The four-hour epic financed by Thames Television and Euston Films, was shown exactly 100 years after the Autumn of Terror, when Jack the Ripper stalked the East End, called by journalist Jack London the Abyss. Jack the Ripper's co-writer and producer was David Wicks, and a great deal of emphasis was given, in the opening credits, to the fact that new information from Home Office files was being used for the first time. The film was said to have had several different endings made, but in fact it was simply a dramatised account of Stephen Knight's highest-in-the-land theory, with suitable modifications for simplicity of storyline or dramatic effect. The over-the-top drama comes mostly from the psychic Robert Lees, played by Ken Bones, who has a disturbing vision of a killer with two faces. The real Lees did, according to his own evidence, offer his services to both the Metropolitan and City forces in their hunt for the Whitechapel murderer, but he got short shrift, presumably from a cynical desk sergeant, so a miffed Robert Lees retired from history.
There is actually no record of Lee's having contacted the police at all. But a psychic who is haunted by ghastly visions makes for excellent television. With a nod to the American market, the man with two faces turns out in the film to be the New York actor Richard Mansfield, Armand Assant, who is wowing audiences on the London stage with his terrifying Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the study of schizophrenia which Robert Louis Stevenson had written two years earlier. So terrifying was this transformation, according to the film, that it not only made the police suspicious of Mansfield, but the show had to close as it was too frightening. In fact, it closed for just the opposite reason. It was not scary enough, and the box office returns were dismal. As Dennis Meikle says, Jack the Ripper has a surface veneer of truth and authority. It appears to have gone to...